listening to Victory and Labang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Hello, Victory family. Welcome to another online Sunday service. We're still in the book of Romans, and this series is called The Gospel Explained. Now, let me just take this face mask first. Just want to show you that we are practicing proper protocol as we do this online service. Now, when you talk about the gospel, the gospel means good news. We know that we are hearing so many bad news around the world today. The COVID cases rising, the number of deaths uh, rising also due to, to, uh, due to the pandemic. There's a lot of injustice, racial divide, poverty. There's a lot of uh, things that's happening in the economy, economic crisis. And people are saying that this 2020 is actually a bleak 2020. Yet we know for a fact that our God is in charge. He is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will make sure that he will go with us to the other side. We know that we have good news. You know, last week we talked about the peace of God. In our world today, we definitely need the peace of God. More than world peace and people needing to be reconciled with one another, we need to first be reconciled with God. And that became possible because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. We who were sinners are justified by faith in his work on the cross. And we are given access to God. We heard about this last week. We were saved from God's wrath because of God's love. Remember the verse we talked about last week? God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we are sinners or we were sinners, Christ died for us. What a loving God that we serve. Now we are free to come and worship him without any fear of being punished. And to appreciate our salvation more, we will continue to talk about the grace of God in Christ. And we will read from the verses where we left off last week in Romans chapter 5. And so if you have your Bibles with you, whether it's a regular Bible, digital device, your iPhone, your uh, Android phones, just go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. And we'll be reading from verse 12 to 21. We will be reading from the ESV version, okay? Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 21. Therefore... Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world because before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift, Everybody say free gift. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. uh, But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification verse 17 for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift or the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man jesus christ therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all men so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all 
men. For us, by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also reigned through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the preaching of your word this morning. We thank you for the gift of grace and eternal life that you have given and brought to us through the death and the life of your son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will give us a proper understanding of who we are in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So, Our sermon today is a comparison or a contrast, as we have seen in the verses that we have just read. It is a contrast between the life that we have in Adam as compared to the life that we now have in Christ. Now, when some victory pastors uh, a couple of years ago went for a study tour in the land of Israel, we actually visited two uh, known bodies of water in that nation, and there were two known bodies of water. First body of water was uh, the Sea of Galilee, which is actually a lake. And the second one is the Dead Sea. And the first one is called the Sea of Galilee, which is actually um, a lake, as I said earlier. And it's about 13 miles long, maybe 7 miles wide. And fishing is quite big in the Sea of Galilee because uh, there are about 22 different kinds of fish. There's also vegetation. There's fruit on the shore. It's a very beautiful body of water. In fact, when we were there and when we visited, we actually took a boat ride uh, from one and from Capernaum into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And what an awesome feeling, uh, especially when the captain of the boat started playing some worship uh, music and we were actually worshiping in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the second body of water is known as the Dead Sea. It's the Dead Sea because nothing is alive in this particular body of water. It is about 60 miles to the south of the Sea of Galilee. And about 47 miles long, about 9 miles wide. It's actually three times bigger than the Sea of Galilee, yet it is the lowest point on the entire earth. In fact, I was reading some articles about this. And they say that if you put the Mount Everest uh, inside the Dead Sea, you will actually not see the tip of Mount Everest. And it's enough, uh, you know, depth to cover the entire mountain. Now, every day, about 2 million gallons of water flow into the Dead Sea, but none of the water goes out. That's why it's actually dead. No one has ever drowned in it, though. And there is so much salt and so many minerals that one will actually float. So you can't even, even if you don't know how to swim, if you jump into the Dead Sea, just, you know, close your eyes, you will actually float right away. Also, there's no life or vegetation. Even the shore is barren. What a stark contrast between the two bodies of water. One body of water, which is the Sea of Galilee, is so much uh, teeming with life. There's so much uh, vegetation uh, all across. There's fish. Uh, It's, uh, you know, one source of livelihood for for, for the Jews. And the other body of water is so dead. Now, these two bodies of water is actually a picture of the spiritual reality of humanity. Just as there's one sea that continually breathes life and fruitfulness, there's another sea that actually breathes death 
and uselessness. In the same way, there are two types of people that we have just read in the, ver- in the Bible. The, the person that we first read is Adam, and the second person is actually Christ. And these two people represent the entire human race. All of human history revolves around these two men. Who they are, what they did, and the result of their, de- uh, of their deed. In, in the text that we read uh, of, or we have read earlier in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 21, the Apostle Paul actually made a comparison and a contrast of the work of Adam versus the work of Christ. And we will see that what Jesus did for us is far greater than what Adam did that impacted all of humanity. One preacher by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones said this uh, in his book, Romans Assurance. Uh, He said, the whole story of the human race can be summed up in the terms of what has happened because of Adam and what has happened and will yet happen because of Jesus Christ. You know, last week in uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, we learned about the benefits of being justified by faith in Christ. Remember that word justified? Justified, never sinned. Yet now we will realize that we have received something much greater than that. And as we have read in verses 12 to 21, it tells us that this uh, justification has not only allowed us access, but this actually changed our status before the Lord. We used to be in Adam, now we are in Christ. And I only have two points, and this is more of a contrast between Adam and Christ. First thing we want to look at is all humanity were in Adam. All human beings, the entire human race. If you are a human being, guess what? You are born in Adam's lineage. And because of Adam, sin entered all of humankind. In verse 12, we've read earlier, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. You know, think about that for a moment. Just because Adam sinned in the garden, all of humanity now are suffering the consequences of one man's sin. And because he sinned, all of us have partaken of that nature of Adam, and we are all born sinners. And so Paul explains the result or the consequences of Adam's sin. Serving as our representative, Adam sinned, and his sin was applied to every person who has ever lived or those who will still be born. Every human being that is born on planet Earth is a sinner from birth. Paul was saying that spiritual and physical death came to all people because when Adam sinned, his sin was applied to our spiritual accounts, in other words. Whether we like it or not, the Bible is clear that Adam was our representative head. And when, we, when he fell, we all fell with him. Maybe some of you will say, that's unfair. I don't want you know, Adam to represent me. Well, we can try to, you know, when we go to heaven, you can try to blame Adam for breaking the command of God in the garden. And yet, if it was you or me in the garden, we would probably have broken the same command. And although Adam served as our representative and we have now inherited original sin, guess what? 
we are every bit as guilty as Adam. We are guilty sinners. Well, number one, because Adam sinned. And because we were also guilty sinners since we all have sinned. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says that we are all sinners. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are condemned in both accounts. And we cannot blame Adam alone. We are also guilty. Every single human being born after Adam was born with sin. I mean, think about it for a moment. Look at your family. I mean, think about, you know, maybe you can compare yourself to uh, one person or maybe your neighbor or maybe somebody in your office and you can actually say, you know, I'm better than him or her or maybe I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm more religious. I go to church. But in reality, every one of us have broken the law. Every one of us born after Adam has been sinful from birth. We are not called sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. That's our nature. Some people are having a difficult time grasping this concept that all are born sinners. They believe in the philosophy that maybe men are born with a clean slate, that some men are good and some men are bad, and that many, most of the men are basically good, and that they are impressionable, and that it is the environment that molds them into who they are, whether good or bad. Now, this is a dangerous belief. Because if we believe that we are born good, then we don't need a savior. And if you are a parent, for example, I have four kids. Just think about the time or the first time that your child disobeyed or the very first time that your child lied. Did you ever sit down with your child and teach them how to lie? Now you, did you say, all right, honey, this is how you lie, okay? Just say you did not do it, okay? No, I don't think so. No one, not, not one parent taught their children how to sin or how to disobey or how to lie. Guess what? They discovered it by themselves. No one taught them how to disobey. They did not need our help. They will naturally disobey because that's their nature. You know, if you're holding, for example, you're a nursing mom, you're holding that cute child uh, in, your, in your hands. Guess what? That child is a sinner from birth. That's the news that I want to tell you. You know, the Bible says that we have all, all sinned before the Lord and that our heart has been so deceitful uh, above all else. That's why parents are commanded by God to carefully discipline their children. But that's another topic for another day. Well, the point is this. We are all sinners and we have all broken the commands of God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 13 to 14, Paul explains the result of man's sin apart from the law. And, you know, as we read, For sin indeed in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. What Paul was saying here is this. If there is no law, then how can you break the law? For example, if I am driving down Eslex or South Luzon Expressway and there's no speed limit, then I can drive even up to 200 kilometers per hour and I will not be violating anything since there's no rules to break. I will only become a violator if there is a speed limit of 100 kilometers per hour, and I go beyond that speed, which there is, 
and sometimes I've actually gone beyond that speed. Well, confessions, okay? But in Germany, for example, I think there's like roads that have those speed limits. So, so maybe I can drive there. But the point is this. If there's no law, then there's nothing to break. But yet in the garden, Adam was only given one rule. Only one rule. God stated a one-point law. You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. That's in chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 17. And Adam broke a direct command when he sinned. Now, maybe some of you are wondering, was it not Eve who ate the fruit first? Then why was Adam blamed and her, or held responsible for this sin that Eve first took? And then she was the one who handed the fruit to Adam? Well, yes, it was Eve who first ate the fruit and then passed it on to her husband. But yet both sinned and both fell. Both have been accountable. In fact, both died. But it was the ultimate responsibility of Adam since God had personally instructed him in the garden when Eve was not yet even around. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve sinned, it was Adam that God was looking for. Adam, God said, where are you? And the command was directly given to Adam as the first of all human beings, so he represented Eve and all of us. You know, in verse 14, it says, Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. Paul explains that even before the law was given to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, sin and death exercised power over humanity. Sin resulted in death. Adam did not die right away. But yet, eventually, he died. He's no longer alive today. Adam was created by God to live forever. But yet, because of sin, and God said this, once you disobey, you will surely die. And sin resulted in death, even before the commands of the law had defined what sin was. You know, after Adam, God gave no more explicit commands until the time of Moses Yet people from the time of Adam to the time of Moses still continued to sin. And then they died because they sinned in Adam. They shared Adam's punishment because he served as the representative. Now death reigned from Adam. Because Adam sinned, death reigned all across humanity. If you look at your Bible in Genesis chapter 5, you will find the different generations of people who lived after Adam. And you will notice a recurring phrase after each generation. Three words became the refrain after each grouping. And he died. In Adam, humanity experienced sin, disobedience, and death. You know, humans were created and designed to live. But God gave a warning to Adam that if he sinned, he would surely die. When Adam sinned, death entered humanity and it would continue on and reign forever unless something miraculous and powerful took place. And this is the good news that Paul turns to beginning in verse 15. Now this brings me to the contrast. Second point is this, all believers are in Christ. We're familiar with this? Passage, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In verse 15, Paul was talking about the free gift 
of eternal life. And let me read that, verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. It's a free gift. And this free gift of life is only found in Jesus Christ. Now, if you are in Christ, you will reign in life because of Christ's gift which is greater than Adam's sin. And this is the exciting part of this verse. Though death reigned through Adam, yet through Christ, we have the gift of eternal life. God's grace and the gift of eternal life is readily available to anyone who places his or her faith in Jesus Christ alone, in the perfect life that he lived and the death that he paid on the cross for our sins. Now, Paul is making it clear for the readers of his letter, salvation is free with no strings attached. That's good news. How many of you know that that is good news? That we cannot work our way to be saved. We cannot, you know, do a lot of good things in order for us to erase the bad things or the sins that we have done in the past. We will never be able to erase, you know, what we have done. Only the work of Christ on the cross is able to do that. You know, salvation only comes by faith, by believing in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Now, the next verse shows us the contrast between Adam and Jesus, and the free gift in verse 16 is not like the result of that one man's sin, but the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Now let me try to summarize verses 16 to 21. Here we will find that Paul introduced a six-fold contrast between Adam and Christ. We will see that the first contrast is the free gift versus one man's sin. Talking about Jesus' gift to humanity and Adam's gift to humanity. Second thing is we will see condemnation versus justification. Third is death versus life. Fourth is one trespass versus one act of righteousness. The fifth one is one man's disobedience versus one man's obedience, referring to the obedience of Christ going to the cross. And the sixth one is the sin of Adam versus the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. When we receive justification, we will reign in life in Christ. You know, the goal of grace is not just for all of us to go to heaven. That's, you know, justification, justified, never sin, perfect record, but also to bring heaven down on earth, and that is actually sanctification. To reign in life does not mean that we will have no more problems or troubles. We all know that we are in the middle of such. Just look around us. We're having a worldwide crisis and pandemic, yet we are made to live victorious, and we are called to be conquerors of sin. God is using our circumstances to shape us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, in Christ, all believers experience grace, obedience, and life. What a contrast. In Adam, as we have read earlier, all men experienced sin, transgression or disobedience, and death. Yet in Christ, they experience grace, obedience, and life. You know, John Piper said this, that is the all-important parallel. The deepest reason why death reigns over all is not because of our 
individual sins, but because of Adam's sin imputed to us. So the deepest reason eternal life reigns is not because of our individual deeds of righteousness, but because of Christ's righteousness imputed to us by grace through faith. We are considered righteous, not because of the things that we have done before, but because of the perfect record of Jesus Christ that was imputed or credited to us. Imagine this for a moment. It's like someone depositing 1 million pesos in your bank account, even if you did not do anything. You didn't work for it. You didn't deserve it. You just woke up one morning. There it is. But we received something that is of greater value than money, and that is eternal life. Eternal riches that outlasts anything here on planet Earth. The greatness of God's grace leads Paul to conclude these verses with so much intensity in verses 20 to 21. You know, at the beginning of this section that we have read, we will read or we've read sin and death were reigning in Adam. Now through the work of Jesus Christ, grace and life is reigning. And the result is eternal life in Christ. He empowers us to live in Him and for Him. You know, if you normally write a main point, for those of you who are taking down notes, in Adam, we all died, but as believers in Christ, we receive the gift of eternal life by grace. You know, now if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus, you are no longer in Adam, you are now in Christ. A new person with a new status and a new identity, reigning in life, no longer ruled by sin. And I believe that that is good news for all of us. Let's just bow our heads and pray as we end this sermon. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time this day. And we thank you, Lord, that as we have read and studied the, Lord, the difference, the contrast of what Adam did to us and for us and what Christ did for all of humanity. We thank you, Lord God, that all of us have the opportunity to receive grace and have eternal life. You know, maybe you are here this, this day and as you are watching this online service, maybe you're living in guilt because of the sin that you have committed. Uh, it's time to surrender your life to the Lord. Uh, you are all born sinners, but I'm thankful that God gave new life to live. And if you haven't received the gift that God has offered to you and you are still in Adam, you can actually be in Christ by receiving that free gift and by praying this prayer. Would you follow along? with me and pray this prayer. Let's just bow our heads once again. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for giving me your life. Thank you for giving me your perfect record. Thank you for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that He is raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, that from this day on, I am now saved and I have eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, well, congratulations. That is the most important prayer that anyone can pray in this entire life. And we'd like to welcome you to the family of God. If you want to know more about how to walk um, in this new life that you have, we'd like to invite you to join us uh, in our connect rooms just go ahead uh, below your screen is actually a link that you can actually just click and we hope to see you right after the service for those of you who are 
continuing to join us every week. You are familiar with our discussion questions that we have prepared. And uh, you can actually do this, share this with your family, or maybe over lunch, dinner, uh, or maybe with your friends uh, during the week. Uh, we'd love for you to be able to apply this word that we have actually learned today. And we hope that this will help you in your walk with God. And I want to just end this service with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for our time. And once again, we ask that you would continue to supply your grace, even as you go through these trying times. Thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who is able to provide for all our needs. I pray also for your healing upon those who are sick. Thank you, Lord God, that you will restore our health, God. And Lord, may your blessing be upon your people today. Bless every marriage. Bless every family. Bless every, uh, Lord, uh, man, woman, and child today. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will experience uh, true victory uh, in you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. May the love of the Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you once again. Thank you for joining us. We'll all see you next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.